two sources of Amuna. We saw them yesterday, Mazli Chazi, seeing something, which we talked about at length. And the essential connection of the essence of the soul to the essence of a Baruch. That we're one. And that's one of the differences between the two. I was going to explain another difference. Last thing we saw was the the, the fact that Etzim and Hashem is connected to Elokus is an essential connection. It's not based on any reason, whether that's intellect or even higher Re'iya, seeing something. V'yeshlem, one could say, amongst the differences between these two explanations and Yonim, these two ideas, who. The amuna b'neshama, the amuna that the neshama has, and the levashes b'guf, the neshama as it's clothed in the body. Habam yureiyas neshama that comes as a result of the, neshama, the fact that the neshama above sees elokus. B'mireiyas neshama shelamayla, hiba bechinas makif. It's a makif, meaning <clears throat> it's not something that necessarily, as a matter of fact. It might necessarily not, even though we'll see it can't. It's not something that resonates in conscious me. Why? Well, because I'm not there. I'm here. I'm not in Gan Eden. I'm down here. I, we asked yesterday, how does it affect the neshama b'chlal? Well, the neshama is shayich to elokus. And the neshama is shayich to seeing elokus, because the neshama sees elokus. So that affects the whole of the neshama. But that aspect of the neshama that's clothed in the body down here, isn't necessarily affected by what's going on in a different level of the neshama's life, so to speak. The Rebbe explains, the cave in neshama shalamayla, that since the neshama above, meaning that level of neshama called chayyish abenefesh that right now is in Gan Eden as we're down here in Elam Hazah, he lamayla mislavshus, it's beyond hislavshus, it's beyond being clothed in the goof, lochein, therefore, pulosa b'neshama, its effect, pu'ula sa, pu'ula shela, literally her effect, neshama is feminine. Its effect, b'neshama, amiluvesh is beguf, he bebechinas makif, because I'm not here. I mean, that, I mean, that level of neshama isn't here. I'm here. That level of neshama is somewhere else. <clears throat> is the neshama one thing? Yes, the neshama is one thing. So it affects the neshama and the goof. But it doesn't resonate in consciousness because it's happening on a level higher than consciousness. Ah, so what about Etzim? And in order that the Amuna of the Neshama Mulevesh is Baguf, we're talking down here. It should be Panemius. In other words, it should ultimately not only affect the Neshama and the Guf, but should affect me down here in my conscious me. Who al yedei gilui is kashus atzmis to etzim in the shama is through the revelation of the essential connection that the of the essence of the soul with the essence of a kadosh baruch Why? So the Rabbi explains, and it's very it, on a certain level it's a very simple explanation, so to speak. How it works, how we trigger it, how we connect to it—that's a different issue. That's what the Rabbi is going to talk about. But 
the equation is relatively simple. Ki etzim and neshama, the essence of the soul, he etzim shel and neshama miluveshes beguf, is also the essence of the soul that's clothed in the body. We're talking about the essence of something, so it's the essence of every level of that thing. Your DNA, where's your DNA found? Your DNA is found in your skin as much as it's found in, the, in, the, in, in your brain. Your brain, the gray matter in your brain is obviously the most sophisticated part of, of you, okay, in physical terms, fine, in you know, earthly human terms. That's certainly the most impressive part of you, most sophisticated part of you, There's no question about that, okay, fine. So the, your DNA is the source of that reality. Well, your DNA is as much the source of that reality as it is, as it is the source of the skin. If, 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 if a thief leaves a little piece of skin behind at the, sign of, at the scene of the crime, so we find him in five minutes. Right? Hair, evidently, is something else. I was that hair was DNA, evidently. Hair is RNA, someone said. Uh, maybe this summer someone said it. I'm not sure. But whatever. So skin. Fine. The essence of something is the essence of every part of it. Okay. So that means the essence of your neshama, the chayyash of is not in Eilam Hazah. It's somewhere else. It's on a different plane of existence. Whatever that means. You know, copy? Do you have a copy there? Oh. Right? Different, completely different plane of existence. Different place. What does that look like? I don't know. You and I are physical. When we talk about different places, we talk about places we can fly to or drive to. You can't fly or drive to, to Gan Eden. I mean, I guess you could fly. If you jump out of the plane, you might make it to Gan Eden after a while, but we, that's not the idea. Right? Even though they say that's a way not to make it to Gan Eden, but right, you know, regardless. You, the, the, we, you can't fly to Gan Eden. Gan Eden isn't a place that the Eilam Yitzira, Eilam. I mean, Gan Eden is Eilam Yitzira, Eilam Abriya, right? These Eilamas are not places that you get to. That if you fly a spaceship and you fly the spaceship out of the universe, so then the next stop is Eilam Yitzira. It's not a place in physical reality. It's a place in metaphysical reality. Okay, so where is it? Well. It's as much here as anywhere else. It doesn't, it, but it's not here. What does it mean? It's not here. Meaning, what, what you and I experience is not that level of reality. We experience a different level of reality. Right? So when you say it's not here, you don't mean in physical space, because then you're applying physical space. Elamabria, Elamabria could be here. <laughs> what does that mean? Can you sit here and be an Elamabria? Yes, Sadiqim do that all the time. They sit in a chair in Elam Hazah and they contemplate godliness and their neshama experiences an aliyah and while they're sitting in, in the chair in Elam Hazah, their conscious reality is in Elam Abriya and they experience this incredible revelation of godliness up there. It's called aliyah and neshama, the elevation of the soul. Okay. So what, they didn't have to leave Elam Hazah? Well, they did. They're just, they didn't, their body didn't have to go anywhere. Their conscious reality went somewhere. How do you do that? Don't know. But that's what they do, or did. Right? There are people who do it today. I, I don't know. Right? <clears throat> but that's certainly something that, that you know, is part and parcel of the life of tzaddikim on some rather amazing level. Okay. <clears throat> so it's not that Elam Abriya isn't here when we say here. I mean, you, know, you can be here and be conscious of Elam Abriya. Right? When the rabbis go to the oil, the rabbis to 
somehow communicate with the Friedrich Rebbe. Where was the Rebbe? In Queens. <laughs> Where is the Friedrich Rebbe? In Ghanaian. Well, how, how did they communicate? I don't know. I guess one of them left where they were and went to where the other one is. I don't know how that works, right? One of the stories that, uh, that, that again, you know, it's, it's those stories that we heard. It, no, you know, we weren't there, right? But I, if, if Seder, it's a story that that, that, that that I heard, and it wasn't it wasn't an esoteric story. It wasn't something that you know only three people heard. Because if only three people heard, I wouldn't have been one of those three people. That uh, the Rebbe was having a conversation with his brother-in-law, the Rebbe Shag, the 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 Rebbe, the, the Rashag, Shmarayu Gurari, who's the Rebbe's brother-in-law, who was the Rebbe's right-hand man for the whole Nasius. He what the Rebbe, the, the job that the Rebbe had in the, in, during the leadership of the previous Rebbe. So the Rebbe's older brother-in-law took upon himself that job during the Rebbe's. Nusias, which is really astounding because he was the older brother-in-law. Theoretically, he could have had a claim to being Rebbe, and there were people who thought maybe he should be Rebbe. He's the older brother-in-law. Right? But why was he so completely, totally bottled to the Rebbe to such an extent that when his son, his son is the one who unfortunately was responsible for the books and the whole story that turned into Didan Natsach, which was very, very painful for the Rebbe. It was his nephew. So... Um, when his son did what his son did, so his wife sided with her son, and he sided with the Rebbe, and his wife moved to New Jersey, and he stayed in Grand Heights by the Rebbe. He's an old man. Completely given over to the Rebbe. Unbelievable. Okay, so, so evidently these two brothers-in-law had a conversation right after Yitzvat, and there was an issue that had to be dealt with, right? There was Lubavitch had to be taken care of, so... The Rebbe didn't take upon himself the official title as Rebbe, but things were still happening and things had to be done. So, so they were discussing something, and, and the Rebbe said, well, I'll ask the Shver. I'll ask our father-in-law. So the Rishag evidently looked at the Rebbe and said, does he answer you? So he said, yes. So the Rishag at that moment said, the Rebbe's Rebbe. That's it. No questions. Meaning he, he wasn't interested in the job anyway, but I mean, then it, it became absolutely clear to him that whatever these people are saying, right, who might have wanted him to be Rebbe, that's not what's happening, and the Rebbe's Rebbe, and so and he was completely bottled to the Rebbe. And sometimes you can see in videos, if you look in the videos, that there'll be a gentleman davening. The Rebbe would daven all the way on the right. Then they built the stage for the Rebbe, but even before that. The Rebbe would daven all the way on the right in the front of 770. And then we move over to the left, and there's the, the Aron Kodesh. Right next to the Aron Kodesh, there was a Shkoshtenda. That's where the Rishad davened. There was Davin there, and you, you can always see, as the Rebbe walks out, either out or down later in the later years, down the stairs, <coughs> so the Rebbe will look to the Rishad and nod. He'll always look to his brother-in-law and nod, and the Rebbe will go to the Aron, he touches the Aron, and then leaves. Touches the Parechus and leaves. Doesn't kiss it. Touches it. So many, many times in the Torah, if the Rebbe touched the Torah, he wouldn't touch it and kiss it. Why? But People say that sometimes the Rebbe did kiss it. I, I, I never saw the Rebbe kiss it. I always saw the Rebbe touch it. <clears throat> Whatever. So, you can be an Elam Hazer, physically, 
and communicate somehow with 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 Gan Eden. Why? Well, because Gan Eden is not a physical place, so it's not limited to the extent that it's not here on some level, but it's not here. It's a different it's a different plane of existence. So when you're talking about Chayyish Benefish, Chayyish Benefish isn't here. I'm not on that plane of existence. Again, that doesn't mean here in the in the in in in. I mean, yes, here in physicality, but it doesn't mean here in Eretz Yisrael or here in Elam Hazeh or here in Brooklyn. It means it's not on the same plane of existence that I am. Okay. Whereas the essence of your soul, the essence of this of your soul is the essence of every aspect of your soul, which means the essence of your soul is found here as much as it's found anywhere else, because it's the essence of all of you. Oh. So I don't have to go anywhere to touch that level of reality. It's here. It's part of me. It's as much part of me as the re- revealed part of my soul. I, I, it might be harder to access. It might be harder to, to touch. That's true. I was going to talk about it. It's an avoided to get there. But it, it's not. I don't have to go anywhere, so to speak. Right? That's what the Rebbe explains. That's why. It affects the panemius. The Rebbe is talking here about the panemius of the neshama. He's not talking about the, our conscious reality, even though that's also true. It will. But it, it's, it's easier to get it to affect our conscious reality. But it's the panemius. What's the panemius of the neshama that's clothed in your goof right now? Etzim and neshama. What's the panemius of your neshama clothed in, in, in your goof right now? Chayashah benefesh? No. That's a different level of neshama that's not clothed in your goof. It's, it's found in a different plane of existence. It's, so to speak, not here. It's somewhere else. Can I touch that place? Yeah, well, people can. There are people who do. Etzim? The etzim is the essence of everything. So etzim and neshama is found as you're walking to go get a cup of tea as much as it's, it's found when you're, you're in the middle of an enraptured uh, shmanes. It's there. It's just here. It's where it is. Val Pizeh, the Rebbe says, based on this, Yesh Levar Kesher in Yonim Shabbat Maimer. Based on this, we can explain the connection of things in the Maimer, which we're trying to explain. What we try to explain is why does the Rebbe first explain Raya Mahemna and then Kosis Lamar? Right? So that's what the Rebbe explains. Al Pizeh, Yesh Levar, Kesher in Yonim Shabbat Maimer. Sha'inim de Kosis Lamar, the idea of the crushedness of Gullus brings out an expression of etzim and neshama, the essence of the soul. Ba, that comes, behemshech, to a continuation, lebir, inyin the raya mehemda, the explanation of the idea of raya mehemda. Ki amuna. The fact that mesha sustains the amuna of the in. Shetir bepnimius. Now here when we're saying pnimius, we mean consciously. That we should be conscious of that amuna. Not only should the Amunah be bepnimius in our neshama, but that conscious me should be aware of that essential connection to a Kaddish Baruch, or at least of some connection to a Kaddish Baruch. Right? That's what it means that, that Meshur Rabbeinu brings Amunah bepnimius. Meshur Rabbeinu brings my conscious state into a place where it's in line with my true state. Hu al yadeshu megales etzim in neshama. What does Meshur do? Meshu reveals the essence of the soul of a Yid. The Rebbe will explain how that happens later in the Maimon. That's, here we're just getting, you know, as usual, right? We're getting the headline. We ask the question. We're getting the basic answer. We've had a number of basic answers so far, right? To a number, we asked five questions at the beginning of the Maimon. We got four basic answers. 
Right? Then in the, in the context of bringing the Friedegger Rebbe's mimer, so the Rebbe asked the mimer uh, a question relative to the Friedegger Rebbe's mimer. And that question was, why does the Rebbe first explain Raya Mehemnan and Kosi Slamar? Oh, okay. So the Rebbe just answered that question. Do I understand all, uh, all of the different ramifications of that answer and how it works? No. But again, I understand the equation. And then what will happen next? Your inyan, va'inyan, who? Certain words that tell us, okay, now we're going to we're going to delve more deeply into the idea that we just mentioned. But the answer we have, right? I have the equation, so to speak. I just don't understand how the equation works, but I have the equation. A kid can memorize three times three is nine, and not understand what that means. Has no clue what that means. He just knows three times three is nine. Why? Well, because he sat and memorized. Two times two is four, three times three is nine, four times four is 16, you just memorize that. Okay, now what does three times three equals nine mean? That three groups of three will end up having, you'll have three units, three groups of three units will end up having nine units. And you don't have to do that anymore, but of course when you learned it, what did they do? They showed you pictures of two oranges and, and, and two oranges. That's how you learn two plus two two oranges, then another two oranges, now count the oranges, there's four oranges, okay, why? Because two plus two is four, it's much too conceptual for a little kid to learn, it doesn't mean anything in reality, actually, because there's no such thing as two, there's just a bunch of ones, right? No, no, we have a convention that if you put a one next to a one, so we call that two, you put another one, we call that three, if you're French, you call it trois, right? There's this convention that there's something called numbers. Now, it's, we didn't make it up. The Abishter made it up, right? I mean, it's in the Torah. Numbers are in the Torah. <laughs> take Meiser. Well, if I can't count the ten, I can't very well take the tenth cow, can I? Okay. But it's completely conceptual. Right? So when a kid learns it, he learns... He sees a picture of two oranges and another picture of two oranges. It might have been apples. And then there's, you know, three sheep and another three sheep, and he counts the sheep, and he goes, okay, there's three, and now add another three, okay, another three, now count them, one, two, three, four, five, six. So he says six, and he gets it. Sooner or later, guess what? I would assume all of us in this room at this point, we don't need the pictures of the oranges and the sheep anymore. We understand conceptually the idea of three plus three equals six. We don't need sheep. Okay. So now, theoretically, we could, we could you know, learn three times three is nine and have no clue what that means. Just, I memorized the words. All right? It's like a bar mitzvah boy memorizing a mime. Right? Just memorizes the words. Does he actually understand the mime? Well, I hope he does, but, you know, sometimes no. Okay, so after the Rebbe gives us an answer, okay, here's the answer. The answer is that Mesh is the one who brings Etzim and the Shami into Panemius, and so that's why you have to understand what Raya Mehemni is before you understand Kosi Slamar, because Mesh is the vehicle for bringing about the revelation of the Maor as a result of the Kasis. He's the vehicle for bringing about a red, just put that in English. He's the vehicle for bringing about the revelation of the essence of the soul as a result of the crushedness of Gullus. Mesha does that. Mesha connects the Jew to the essence of their soul. Great, cool. How? But Indian who? Remember, always says that next, right? That's how it works. But first, you have to understand the basic equation. We've mentioned many times, and it's not a matter of flying the flag. 
It's a matter of understanding the difference. Pelish Chassidus will just tell you the equation. The equation's true. But it won't then have five pages explaining the equation. So Pelish Chassidus will be five lines long. It's true. It's Chassidus. It's real. It's not, it's, it's not something else. It's Chassidus. But what? The, the, the next five paragraphs aren't there. So if you understand, they go, wow, that's amazing. And someone says, what, did, what does that mean? And it might take you 25 minutes to explain to him what that means. Right? That's why if you're looking for some quick vert to say at the Shabbos table, a Davar Torah, you want to say a Davar Torah at the Shabbos table? Right? So Chabad said this is the wrong place to look. It's going to take you two hours to learn the Sicha. Now, you have four minutes to speak. Well, you better learn the Sicha very well, first for two hours, and then learn it for another three hours, so you can take that two hours and turn it into four minutes and actually explain what the Rebbe said. You're not going to be able to just read a Svas Emes five lines and say, interesting question, really cool answer, and everybody goes, Psh! and then they go back to the challenge, but they haven't got a clue what you said. Meaning, they, they get the idea, they really do. They get the question, they get the answer, they go, wow, that's really an amazing answer. But then if you ask, well, what does that really mean? Oh, I don't know, that's an interesting question. Let's talk about it. Is there something wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. Just that there's a deeper understanding. So that's what happens next. For Indian, it happens all the time in Chassidus. Why am I bothering you about it now? Because you have to be aware of how it works. And then when you're learning it yourself without someone croaking at you, so, so you'll figure it out. You'll know how it works. So who's Mesha? Mesh is the one that connects us to the essence of our being, of who we really are. And we'll see why he's able to do that later in the Mimer. He connects us to a place beyond that place where our Neshama sees Elokus. He connects us to a place where our Neshama is Elokus, as we explained yesterday. Maor, the Maor, Shalamaila, that's higher, me or. That mem is a preposition. The ma'or that's higher than the or. The source of the or, right? Sun, not sunlight, the sun. Sun isn't light, the sun's the sun. What comes out of the sun is called sunlight. We've talked about it many times. It's easy, it, it, the sunlight is so powerfully connected to the sun that we can blur the distinction between them 100%. Light is so powerfully connected to its source. That it's me'ain hama'or, it says, it's like its source. And then we, the, what the mashal that we understand is that uh, today you're probably going to say, gee, where's the sun's really nice and warm today. It's going to be. According to my phone, it's going to be 15 degrees today. Put that in that which, only, which Americans understand because Americans somehow are so challenged they can't figure out how to tell any, you know, weigh things or measure things or tell temperature like the other 7 billion people in the world. People living in tents next to him can figure this out, but Americans just can't. So double it and add 30, 60 degrees. That's pretty warm for this time of year, right? And in the sun, it'll be even warmer because you guys have all felt the sun in this town. Have you ever noticed how hot the sun is in this town? Right? Not like America. The sun here is much... There's, a, there's something about the angle. I mean, meaning when people go to the beach the first time in the summer in Eretz Yisrael and they sit there for two hours and they could do that in California. Same temperature. Here they come away burnt to a crisp. Something about the angle here. I don't know what it is. It's not just here. It's not Eretz Yisrael. It's just this area. Okay, fine. Very hot. The sun's here. The sun is really hot. 
No, the sunlight is really hot. Okay, we've talked about this. But we, we blurred the distinction because the nature of light is it's so powerfully connected to its source that we relate to it as mayin, as if it is the source. But it's not the source. It's something coming out of the source. So we distinguish between light and etzim. Okay. Light, that's Ganeiden. Etzim, that's etzim and neshama. What does Meisha connect us to? Etzim. Who we really are. Umasha Kosuf. Kosis Lamar, and the fact that it says crushed for the Ma'or, right? In other words, the crushedness of Gullus might be the vehicle that is involved in the equation when Mesha reveals that essential connection. Umavar Ba'maimer, the Frida Grabi, Shebechdei Lagil Lamar, that in order to reach the Ma'or, in order to reach essence in the Shama, Hual Yidei Inyan, the Kosis, it's through the crushedness of Bismanagolas. And I mean, the Rebbe just said it, but he didn't say it explicitly, but it's brought explicitly in many places in Chassidus in explaining for whatever reason, we don't understand why so long, why so difficult, that we have no clue. But the basic Indian of Golas, the Ibishta wants Messir's Nefesh. Where are you going to get that? Golas. You don't get that in any other state of being. Who? Ki Iker Hagilu, the Etzim and the Shama, the essential revelation of Etzim and the Shama, Ma'or, is when? Ubinina Mysterious Nefesh, is the self sacrifice. When is there self sacrifice? In a state of Kosis, state of Gullus. The crushedness of Gullus brings about Mysterious Nefesh. That's the essential expression of Mysterious Nefesh. Because you could obviously ask, I understand. If Meshur Bain is all about revealing Etzim and the Shama, so let him reveal Etzim and the Shama. What do I need Gullus for? What do I need this crushedness for? Oh, because the essential expression of etzim and the shama is mesiris nefesh, the, the the willingness to give up our lives for elokus, to realize, and what and what's that based on? Not on some intellectual understanding, not even on a, on the fact that I've seen elokus, but on uh, based on the understanding that azoyvinit andrish, there is no state of reality separate from elokus. It doesn't exist. I can't go there because there isn't such a place. But it's called the Zoyvinitandrish. This is the way it is, and there is no other way. Ultimate Messiris Nefesh. We'll probably talk about it tonight in Fabrang. I feel bad for you guys because you know, I'm Fabranging tonight. So half the stories that I'll probably start talking about tonight, you know, what, what stories do you Fabrang about? The stories that are fresh in your head that you've just Fabranged about somewhere else or you just heard somewhere else, right? So, so you get them all in the morning. I mean, what comes out? Well, last night's Fabranging is going to come out, right? So, I mean, so now you guys will sit there bored. Oh, this is story eight. No. I'll just go to you guys. Eight. And you guys go, oh, well, wait. What's eight? I'll have to tell them the other guys. I'm sorry. So if you're bored tonight, I apologize. But um, a famous story. For the Rebbe. I mean, the, the, the second half of the story I'll save for tonight because it's maybe perhaps even the most astounding part of the story. But what, what did the Frida Rebbe do? The Frida Rebbe brought a number of Hasidim into his room. Frida Rebbe became Rebbe in 1920. Right, 1920 in Russia, pretty rough time. You don't know your history? Well, we learned a little bit of it. 1917, there was a revolution. There was a civil war for the next three or four years. By 1920, 21, so the, 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 the Bolsheviks had defeated the Mensheviks, the Reds had defeated the Whites. The Whites were a little, you know, they were sort of like toned down. They were conservative, and the Bolsheviks were ultra-Orthodox. So... Um, the, the Bolsheviks won. So that was a guy named Lenin. 
who was not the nicest guy in the world, but he certainly wasn't anything compared to the person who took over after he died. He died, I think 1921 he died, and, and one of the most evil creatures in the history of humankind took over a guy named Stalin, Yimakshimai. Right, okay, so Stalin took over. The Friedrich Rebbe was Rebbe for well, then. That's when the Rebbe became Rebbe. Already, Mysterious Nefesh was necessary. So what did the Rebbe do? The Rebbe gathered, I think it was 10, but I'm not sure. Right, gathered together some Hasidim and said, I want you to make a, a covenant with me. That, and, and the Rebbe said, and I'm part of the covenant, that we will work to, to, to express the Kaddish Baruch Hu's will in Elam Hazer to the last drop of our blood. And they all said, Amen. Meaning, Ad Mesir's Nefesh. Just took them to that place. Okay. What happened next is fascinating. Remind me if I don't die, if I don't get there in the in the Fabrengen, then it's probably a real Fabrengen because if, if you if you know where you're going, then it's not real. But but I just I, you know we Fabrengen about it last night, so it's like in the in, in my head. The, the the next part of the story is really astounding. So if I don't, that's, it, 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 I don't have to say it out loud tonight. If, if I don't say it, come over and we'll drink a lachaim. I'll tell you the next part of the story because it's really unbelievable what happened next. Okay. So Meish Rabbeinu brings about this this expression of Mesiris Nefesh. The essence of Mesiris Nefesh is Bismanagolus. Because by uh, Baruch Hashem and Bismanagolus, there's no need for Mesiris Nefesh. That doesn't mean there can't be a conceptual Mesiris Nefesh. There was a conceptual Mesiris Nefesh at Matan Torah. Nasiv and Nishma is Mesiris Nefesh. I'll do, I, I'm, I'm doing everything. There's no nothing getting in my way. I don't have to give up my life. I'm giving up my rutzen. I'm giving up my will for your will. That's Messiris Nefesh. Okay, and that's conceptual Messiris Nefesh. Hopefully none of us will ever, ever be faced with a Messiris Nefesh befail mamish where our life is on the line and we have to actually give up our life for Yiddishkeit. Chos v'shalom v'chos v'shalom. Right? But, so Messiris Nefesh conceptually is your rutzen. Messiris HaRutzen. The Friedrich Rebbe talks about it at great length in a number of my mind. Messiris HaRutzen. Giving up your will. I don't have a will. God's will is my will. Okay, I'm, I'm not talking about me, obviously. Alavai. Okay. That's Messiris Nefesh. But there's a deeper, there's Messiris Nefesh, Befeil Mamish, and that, that can only happen in Golos. And where, what's the essential source of Messiris Nefesh, that level of Messiris Nefesh? Etzim and the Shaman, the essence of the soul. Okay. So the Rebbe answered the question. Sort of. We don't understand the answer, but he answered the question. We don't understand it fully. Okay? So again, in Hay, what did we see? Two different levels, two different sources of Amunah. Mazli Chazi, the Neshama in Ganeidin sees Elokus, that's one level, and the Etzem Iskashus, the essential connection of the essence of the soul to the essence of a Gadosh Baruch Okay, what's the, what's the advantage of one over the other? Well, in order for that to affect the Neshama and the Guf, the effect of Etzem and Neshama is much greater. Why? Because the essence of the soul is the essence of every level of the soul. So the essence of the soul is found down here as much as, as anywhere else. Because again, the essence is the essence of everything, right? Where do you find your DNA? Everywhere, right? Skin, DNA, it's all there, right? Fine. You don't you don't you don't have to go into the brain to find DNA, okay? Where do you where do you find Mazli Chazi? 
not in this world. It's not happening down here. It's happening somewhere else. Right? And we're not there. I mean, certainly, consciously, we're not there. Okay, now that affects the neshama in the world because it's the same neshama, but, it, but the, the, the level of my neshama that's down here in the world dealing with an Evesha Bahamis and a goof, that level of my neshama is not right now hanging out in Gan Eden and experiencing incredible revelation of Elokus. That part of my neshama might be experiencing who knows what craziness I've decided to subject it to. Who knows what he's dealing with? Right? He's very jealous of that part of him that's up there. I mean, on one level, right? Up there in Gan Eden, just, you know, sunbathing in Ziva Shechina, metaphysical sunbathing. He's down here. Someone's talking about, you know, I don't know, politics. Can we talk about something else? Poor little Neshama. It's one of the three ways the Alter Rebbe talks about the arousing your neshama and getting yourself to, getting conscious us to connect to the Abish, to have a little Rahmanas on the neshama that we shouldn't subject to the neshama to all, of, all the weirdness of Elamazah. <coughs> okay. So the Rebbe says, based on this understanding of the two different levels of, of the sources of Amuna, so we understand also why the Friedrich Rebbe first talks about Raya Mahemna and only then talks about Kasis Lamora, because Raya Mahemna, Mesh Rabbeinu, is the one who brings about a revelation of, he brings the Etzim and the Shoma into Pneumius, and that expresses itself most powerfully in Mesiris Nefesh. Okay? Say there? Hey is clear? Okay? Love. Which we, were explain, which we were expecting. Sometimes it'll say, Right? This, this idea is as follows. So now the Rebbe is going to go more deeply into ex- the explanation of what we just learned. We're not going to learn anything new, but we're going to understand what we learned. Hopefully. The fact that the Amun of the Jewish people, is in such a way, that a Jew is ready to give up his life for this? Which, unfortunately, is Jewish history. Now, we say unfortunately for obvious reasons, but it's also, I mean, it's, it's fortunate to the extent that the only reason there's still this, this reality called Am Yisrael is because of the mysterious Nefesh of Am Yisrael over the years of Gullahs. Everybody else disappeared. We're still here. Why? Well, because we refused to give up. It's willing to give up his life. Where does that come from? Who beiker? We've already said this, but now the Rebbe is going to explain. Who beiker ba'amuna shemitzad etzem in the shema. This is essentially an expression of the the amuna that comes from the essence of the soul. Because after all, we said. There are two different levels of amuna. There's the level of amuna that comes from the fact that our neshama sees elokus, and there's the level of amuna that comes from the fact that our neshama is essentially connected to elokus. Okay, now the fact that you see something, but why shouldn't that necessarily bring me to a state of mysterious nefesh? If I see elokus, if God were to show up to you, say hello, say your name. I'm God, and uh, this is what's going to happen, and I want you to go the whole. I want you to give everything you've got. So why wouldn't I? I mean, I understand. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 okay, I understand. My desire, my ability to give everything I've got is based on the fact that an event happened. 
which is one of the, distinct, the, the, the distinctions we made between the emuna of essence of the soul and the emuna of, of Mazli Chazi. Mazli Chazi is, a, is, a, is, a, is an event that causes a connection as opposed to an essential state of reality. Okay. We said obviously the event is, a, is less powerful than the essential state. I get it. I got it. Okay. But if that event happens, especially if that event were to happen on some conscious levels, then why would that not necessarily cause me to, to be my genetic? Maybe it would, but not always. Why not? Let's see. So that explains. Essentially, Mesiris Nefesh is a function of the essential connection of the Jew to the Abishta. Why? The Amunah Mitzad Zeh, that the Amunah that comes as a result of the fact, that the Neshama sees, Mazli Chazi, Hagam Shi Betekif Godel, even though it's extremely powerful, Kiyadua, as is known, this Amsus, Hit Amtut, okay, What's the what's the three letter root of that word? Emes. Emes. Right? So hit amtut means verification, right? Verifying something. Make right? What does verify mean? What's verete? Truth. Truth. <laughs> Someone from Montreal knows that. <laughs> verete is truth. Verify means establish the truth of something. So hit amtut is the establishment of the emet of something. Okay, fine. That was our grammar lesson for the day. So we're putter, Baruch Hashem, we never have to think about grammar for the whole rest of the day. Well, it's not true, unfortunately. Lush Nekadish is such an incredibly grammatical language that we're forced to think about grammar and so, you know, break out in hives all day. Hagam of Godel, even though it's very powerful, Kiyudu, as is known, she's amsus, the verification, Shemitzada Re'iyah, that comes as a result of seeing something, his Amsus is, is is very powerful verification, right? Seeing is believing, we say in English. There's no question. You see something, you're connected to it. Now, we, in order to understand that, yesterday we talked about the fact that we, I, I couldn't move a person from connection to that which they saw. It's not always true. Meaning, in general, that's true. But not always. Right? Because it is possible for a person to see something and then not necessarily be sure of what they saw. Or, or, right? or they lose some, some of the power of that experience. Right? Sometimes people aren't even sure of what they see as they see it. Right? Fascinating, famous, early psychology experiment, Harvard, I think, you know, School of Psychology, like in the 50s, when psychology was, I mean, 50s is now a long time ago, right? right. To realize, what year were you born, doctor? 51. 51, okay, so I was born in 56. So that's, that's, that's five significant years later relevant to what I'm going to talk about. But, but for you and for me, so World War II was definitely part of the consciousness of the reality we grew up in, right? Because it had just happened. Right? These young men are so much farther from the Vietnam War than you and I were from World War II. For them, the Vietnam War is basically World War I. Yeah. How, what's your relationship to World War I? 
None, right? Now, you, of course, learned in history that the whole reason there was a World War II was because of World War I, okay? We all learned that, Weimar Republic, all that nonsense. But, okay, but, but like, World War I? This has nothing to do with me. Vietnam, which was, like, the single most important event in the consciousness of every kid who grew up in North America in the 60s and 70s, right? Like, that was, like, it. But, but it was still, you know, it was relatively new, right? It was not, so, famous experiment in the University of Harvard, psychology department, fascinating, absolutely fascinating. We have a white wall there. They had uh, groups of 10 people come into a room. Nine of them were plants. One was the, the guinea pig in this experiment. He didn't know that, he or she did not know that. Probably in those days, always he, right? They, he, he, they didn't know that. They thought all ten people were equal. They drew on the board, or they, you know, however, on the board what were lines, black lines. One was clearly longer than the others. But the, there was a second one that was longer than the others, also longer than the others. But there was one that was clearly, there was one very long one, one long one, and then a bunch of others that were clearly shorter than those two, but the one that was longest was clearly longer than the second longest, no question. The nine people would always say the second longest one is the long one. They'd ask them, which is the longest line on the, on the board? And the nine plants would always say the second longest one. Over 70% of the people tested when asked which is the longest, they said the second longest one. You could see clearly that there was one longer. I mean, I don't understand. They didn't have eyes. They could see absolutely clearly there was one longer than that. But they didn't trust their eyes because everybody else kept saying the second longest one. So more than 70%. And some people, Baruch Hashem, were strong enough, said the Lubavitchers went in and said, no, the other one, there's, a, there's one. You guys are right. There's a longer one there. Right? It's interesting, no? Like peer pressure and peer pressure, I'm not trusting what I see. Now, it's unclear. I, I don't know. Maybe there's this old, that's the only part I know about the experiment. Maybe they talked to them later and asked them why, they showed them and asked them why you said that. Maybe they said, I knew it was longer, but I was embarrassed. I, I don't know. But it is interesting. More than 70% of the people said the second longest one was long. Which is just astounding. Peer pressure, did they really. How many of those people really weren't sure what they were seeing? Because everybody else was seeing something else. So as powerful as seeing is, it's not an absolute state of reality. It's, it's an experience. So I, I, I might not trust the experience. 
or something might happen, or you might be able to say something that makes me doubt the experience, even though I'm having the experience. Yeah? It is. It's an amazing experiment. It's so fascinating. Can I, can I just, uh-huh. I'm sorry to interject here, but uh, I want to quote from my famous philosopher, Chico Marx, Marx Brothers. So Chico says at one point something happens and it's obvious, but he is not, he's telling the person that's not what happened. So the famous quote is, who are you going to believe, me or your own eyes? <laughs> okay, there you go. Say there, there it is. Okay, so that's that experiment. Maybe, maybe the, 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 the Marx Brothers are writing that line around the same time that that experiment was happening in the Jews, of course. Yeah, the right. yeah. Well, they were around for a long time. You know, so when they started, the I don't know. Thirties, I don't think a little older, later, doesn't matter. Later. Okay. So as powerful as the his amsus of Re'ir is, Mikomakim after the after the brackets, nevertheless, cave in Shamuna Shaloi, since his faith, his amuna. Who mitzad he is mitzad siba? It's it's as a result of a particular reason, something external. Mitzad zeshuroya from the fact that he sees ve'enek shurim etz mitziusay and is not connected to the essence of his being. Therefore, ainu muchrach shim so nafshal said it's not absolutely necessary that he'll give up his life for this. Why? Well, because it's possible for, it, it, that that experience, as powerful as that experience is, it's still not me, as we said yesterday. I'm connected to it in a very powerful way, but it's not me. We also said, yeah, I don't have to see myself in order to know that I exist. Right? <laughs> I, I, I experience my existence with every breath. It's just an existential reality. Okay, so the, the, the emuna of etzim and the shama is similar to the, to the, um, the, 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 we'll call it emuna. The emuna that you have in your own existence. Meaning you believe you exist. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even have to believe I exist. I, I, I just, that's just my expense. Who I am, right? Isn't that by virtue of the fact that you're talking to me? Doesn't that mean that I exist and therefore I have this experience called existence? It's who I am. It's what I am. Okay. Seeing something? Extremely powerful. It's not me. So therefore it's possible for my relationship to a Kaddish Baruch Hu to meet something that will overpower that relationship and I'll, I'll, I won't necessarily give up my life in order to maintain my connection to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Because it's based on some external event. As powerful as that external event is, but it's not me. So I might choose me over the, over that event. Even that event is telling me, wait a minute, it's not you, it's something else. No, but that, but okay, but right, that my, my experience of self will overcome that. And so I might choose, I, I could find all sorts of good reasons to choose me. Right? I, I, can, I can then figure out intellectually why it's reasonable not to give up my life. 
And there are there are there are situations where it's reasonable not to give up one's life, hundred percent. But mitzvah etzim and neshama, even those reasons don't hold. And I, I, I'm going to say something that's going to be it's it's hard to understand, but but we have to understand it. There'll be times when I'll pee shulchan aruch. You're not chayiv to give up your life, but I'll pee etzim and neshama. You will, because there's no there's no such thing as disconnecting from the Abishtah in that state. Were those Yidin Chayev Al to go start teaching those classes when the Friedrich Rebbe would call them into his room and say that we just got word that so and so was captured by the Soviets and uh, so the, the, the Jewish kids in such and such a village don't have a teacher, please go teach. What does this guy know? Maximum six months before he's captured by the Russians, sent to Siberia, and basically certain death. Mm-hmm. Okay. What did they all do? They all went. Were there people who didn't? I, I don't know. I mean, we don't, obviously, we don't hear the stories about the people who didn't. We hear the stories about the people who do, but I don't know whether there were people who didn't. I'm not sure. Right? I, mean, I assume the Rebbe knew who to ask. Okay, so, so the, 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 the Rebbe would send this fellow off to certain death. Mavnanus, right? who, was, who was there, so Rav Nanis told me, I've told you this a number of times, Rav Nanis told me that 90% of the Bachrim that he learned with in Taimchitimimim died in Stalin's camps, they gave up their life for Yiddishkeit. They were not Machal Shabbos, they didn't stop keeping Shabbos, they didn't stop eating kosher food. Not only that, not only would they, would they, would they were they Mersh to do that, they were Mersh Nefesh to go teach Jewish children in some village somewhere in an underground yeshiva, and they would, you know, they're five or six kids, and they'd teach them, and they'd move from place to place until finally they'd get caught. And, uh, and they would take the, take the teacher away. And then another one would show up. And, and where are the kids? Oh, the kids are waiting in class? Well, of course the kids aren't waiting in class. Where are the kids? Well, they're, you know, scattered around. So he'd get to the town and he'd try to find some, you know, he knew, you know, which yid to talk to. And he talked to this Jew, okay, the Frida Grebbe sent He wasn't the Frida Grebbe in those days, right? The Rebbe sent me, right? And, 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 and uh, you know, where are the kids? What's out? And then actually they'd put together a school and he'd start teaching them and they'd find a place where they could hide for a while. And they'd move and they'd do and And then... You'd get caught. Okay. Where's that coming from? So the Rebbe's explained that's coming from Etzim and Nisham. Because I'll pee if it's something that's not me, then I can figure out a reason why not to do it. And it'd be a good reason. I, I can figure out a reason I'll pee Shulchan Aruch. Why not only, I, I, I can quote the Rambam and say you're not allowed to do it. There's no such thing as a Jewish child not getting a Jewish education. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing. And so they would go do it. Which is really astounding. Just partially astounding. What, what was the impetus behind all that? Frida Gareba. Frida Gareba was the impetus. What was a from Jew called in Russia in the 30s? A Schnersonist. You didn't have to be a Lubavitcher. I mean, the Lubavitchers were called, they weren't called Lubavitchers, they were called Schneersnister. But, but, but any from Jew was called the Schneersnister. They knew, that, I mean, some, obviously, the Jewish communists, because, the, the, you know, there's a whole section in, in the 
in the in the in the KGB of those days, the NKVD. So there was a whole Jewish section which just dealt with the Jews. It was Jews dealing with the Jews. If you read the story of uh, the Frieder Rebbe in prison, and so the Frieder Rebbe will tell you the names of the people who interrogated him. So who were they? Grandsons of Hasidim of the Rebbe Marash, Lulav, Nachmanson. When did the Rebbe know? When did the Frieder Rebbe know that he was winning? They started referring to him as Rebbe. Then he said, okay, it's over, I won. The Jewish interrogators. I mean, the the only two names I know, I mean, they're the only two mentioned by the Frieder A guy named Lulav, it's not exactly a Russian name, and Nachmanson, son of Nachman. So that they were their grandfathers were, were sitting with the Rebbe Marash, and they somehow lost it in, during the you know communist takeover, and they became uh, card-carrying members, and, and were right? when Rav Mendel was being interrogated. So what what did they say to him? I think we talked about this before, but it, it's so interesting because it's hidden interrogating him, and these are Jews. These are not. This is not your modern you know, Western world Jew who has no understanding of Yiddishkeit whatsoever. These are people who under, I mean, how long have they been away from Yiddishkeit? How long have their families been away from Yiddishkeit? Right? They know what Yiddishkeit is about. What did they say to Mendel? How did they try to break Mendel Futtefas? Very chsiddish way of trying to break him. They said to Mendel, you think that you're going to be Meser Nefesh here? And the Hasidim in their Fabrengans, that's what they said to him. The Hasidim in their Fabrengans are going to talk about your mysterious nefesh for the Rebbe. That's what you think? Mendel, you're going to die here and we're going to throw you away like a dog and no one will ever know. Now that might bother a Hasid. <laughs> might. Didn't bother him. But that, right? That might get you. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. If everybody's going to be Fabrenging about me, I'm in. Right? That's what they said to him. They were hidden. <laughs> they understood what might break him. Didn't break him. Right? But if it's all if it's only because I saw Elokus, then it's not mamish me, I might break. But if it's I am that, I, mean, I don't understand. Right? The, 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 the marshal we brought him in, in I don't remember what mimer we were learning, but the, the, right? I tell you, I'll let, I, 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 I'll let you live if you let me cut off your head. Oh, that's a good deal, isn't it? Right? Well, that doesn't work, does it? No. Okay, so that's in Gashmias, and that's absolutely obvious to all of us. And I don't have to have seen a picture of someone lose their head to understand that if I lose my head, I'm finished, right? I mean, that's just, I mean, it's sort of... Uh, function of who I am. I don't. I, that's not an external experience. That's that's me. Okay. Exactly the same with the nisham. Break Shabbos now, and I'll let you keep another ten. Cut off your head, and I'll let you live another twenty years. Same thing. If it's etzim and nisham, we'll finish the paragraph. Because of a reason, it's not connected. As we said yesterday, seeing is extremely powerful. And I develop an incredible connection to that thing. But it's not me. It's something else that I see. 
as opposed to it being me. Etzim and Neshama, Elokus is me. That's who I am. Ain't a mukhrach, therefore it's not absolutely necessary, right? Sarich means need, mukhrach, absolutely necessary. Shayim sir nafsha, it's not absolutely necessary, he'll give up his life. He might! Very well might. A person could get up their, give up their life based on seichel, which is even lower than re'iya, just coming to an intellectual conclusion as to what's real, and they'll give up their life for it, 100%. But it's not absolutely necessary. Because what will probably happen in seichel, I'll figure out a reason why I don't have to. And there might be a very good reason I don't have to. Pinchas did not have to do what Pinchas did. If Pinchas had gone to a rav and asked, should I do this, what would the rav have said? No. Meaning? Hard to figure out, but okay, we have to throw it out there and we'll think about it. And we understand this because the... Jewish soul is even higher than the Torah. That does not mean that down here you do anything that isn't what the Torah says to do, except in very rare cases, like Pinchas. <laughs> what did Pinchas do? Pinchas revealed a level of his connection to the Abish that is beyond Torah. Because Torah says don't do it. You don't have to. But we know the Yetzim and the Shammahs when 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 Chazal when, when Chazal say that Breish is Bara Lakim base Reish is two firsts. What are the first? Torah and, and Yisrael, and then that's that's the Medrash Rashi quotes from Breishis Rab in the beginning of Breishis. But in the Tana de Be'eliyahu, the Medrash continues and says, "In which of those is first? So the Medrash says, "Well, it says in the Torah, Daber El Bnei Yisrael." So obviously Yisrael is first. So to speak, what's the thing that's first? closest to the essence of God's existence, the Jewish soul. What's so to speak next, the Torah? I, down here, you and I listen to the Torah. The Torah doesn't listen to us. Absolutely, 100%. But in absolute terms, which is closer to the Ebishter? The Yid. What, how does that express itself down here in El Well, if you turn it the other way around, that really it's the Torah and then Yisrael, so then Yisrael only exists to keep the Torah. Okay, so come down into Elam Hazer. There's a Torah. That's what the Ebishter really wants. That's what he's really interested in. That's the apple of his eye. And there's this people called Yisrael, and what do they exist for? Well, they exist in order to keep the Torah. So if a Jew doesn't keep the Torah, he's a complete lowlife and worthless. Right? Because, I mean, the only reason he exists, what does the Ebishter really care about? Torah. What's the Jew? The vehicle for the expression of Torah. Right? True? If it works that way. Aye, but that's not the way it works, because I'll say it's the other way around. What does the Ebers to really care about? Yidin. What's the Torah? The vehicle to allow Yidin to reveal in Elam Hazah who they really are. And to connect to the Ebers to the way they're supposed to connect to the Ebers. Okay, what if a Jew doesn't do that? He's still, he's still what he is. <laughs> right? He's not what he is because of the Torah. He does the Torah because of what he is. Jews aren't holy because they keep the Torah. The Torah is what Jews do because they're holy. Kadeshim to you. You're holy. Now, do holy things. You don't do mitzvahs to be holy. You're holy. So what do holy things do? Holy things. I mean, what else would holy things do? Those are two completely different ways of understanding what a yid is, and that, to a great degree that's the difference between one way of key roof and another way of key roof 
Lubavitch is not interested in getting anybody from. Lubavitches don't get people from. Lubavitches are all about getting people to do mitzvahs. You do a lot of mitzvahs, we call you from. Right? True? What's the difference between putting on tefillin, if you do it every day, and putting on tefillin, even though you've never done it before, and some Lubavitcher captured you on the street? There's no difference. It's tefillin. What, this guy's tefillin is better than this guy's tefillin because he does it every day and this guy did it once in his life? What difference does it make? That tefillin is, ap- is, is exactly the same as his tefillin. Ah, the problem is he doesn't do it every day. That's a problem. I agree. But that mitzvah is a mitzvah. Unbelievable. Incredible. Beyond all levels of, 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 of limitation. Okay. So what if I can get him to do another one? Good. What if I get him to do more? Good. He only does it when he visits Chabad House. I'd rather he do it even when he's not a Chabad. In the meantime, okay. At some point, guess what might happen? He might start doing a lot of them all the time on his own volition. Good. We call that religious. Right? Some people are of the opinion, the Reb is not, that when you go and try to you know, we'll call the word makar people, what you're interested in is getting them religious. And if you don't get them religious, so then you failed. And it's not worth your time. If this is someone you're not going to get religious, you don't waste your time. Why? Someone else, I might get religious. Okay. It's not Lubavitch. The Rebbe believes in mitzvahs. Just get a Jew to do mitzvahs. It might be. They end up doing a lot of them. Okay, now they're called religious. Religious people do a lot of mitzvahs. Non-religious people only do a few mitzvahs, which is better. Lots is better than a few. Okay. But the mitzvah that they do, is there any difference? No difference. A mitzvah is a mitzvah. What is a mitzvah? An unlimited connection to the essence of God. Well, okay. Guy never did that before. Last night in Verbregen, someone told the story. He was stopped in Frankfurt on his way to Eretz Yisrael, and he was in the in the in the gate waiting to get on the plane to Eretz Yisrael. And that the, the gate in Frankfurt is a closed gate. You go through security. You, there's a special security for the flight to Tel Aviv. So all the all the yidden are in a room together, Germany. We're all in a room together, right? <laughs> Going through. Yeah, they do it a lot. So, yeah, it, it makes sense that they do. I have no, but it's still annoying to do it in Germany, especially when some German guy is checking you. Who are you to check me, you creep? Right, I'll check you to see if you have any gas. Right, but anyway. So, so, uh, so anyway, they check you out. So, so Rabbi Glukowski was bringing for bringing last night, said, you know, he's sitting there and there's, and he said, you know, there's got to be people who have to put on fill in. So he walks up to some guy and says, uh, you want to put on tefillins? He says, here? I mean, you know, like in the middle of the airport? The guy, so he said, you know, it popped in. He said, yes, here. Where are we? We're in Germany. Put on tefillin right now in Germany. Show all these people that we won. So the guy goes, oh, okay. <laughs> Rolls up his sleeve. So like, what well, in the airport? You know, I understand, in the, you know, Machne Yehuda. That I get. But an airport, like, I mean, what's that got to do with tefillin, rabbi? Where else? Okay, so he put it on. What, what, what part of him did that talk to? Who he really is, right? <laughs> like, he just went, oh, yeah, okay. I'll do that, right? That's the yid in him. Like, yid, nothing else. Okay. Let's finish the, the thing here. No keeping you guys here. I'm sorry, I apologize. It's your shvat. It's the biggest day.
Oops, wrong, 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 wrong paragraph. <laughs> Getting so excited here that I'm reading the wrong thing. That's your shvat. No, but I stopped drinking a long time ago. <laughs> My wife wanted me to drive home. My wife, we, we went to a Fabrengen together. This, it was so much fun. I was looking for a Febrengen last night. My wife was trying to, she, she felt bad for me. I couldn't find a Febrengen that I really wanted to go to. She sent me a little WhatsApp. She found the Febrengen and she underlined, Ezra's Nashim open, that the women's section is open. And so she came also. So we went to a Febrengen together. I mean, not together, you know I mean? So I was on one side, she was on the other. But we had, it was great. I also had a good excuse to leave early. <laughs> no, it, it ended. It was, it was Palabat. I mean, it ended like 11, 30, 12 o'clock. It was over. But um, no, they still did in the old city last night. Oh yeah, better him than me. <laughs> <laughs> you tonight, right? We're not getting off the yeah. hook. Here, that's one thing. The old city. Please. I don't want to put it on here. <laughs> Jewish people, he be'efen shu meisun nafshel zeh the imun of the Jewish people such that they will give up their life. Who mipneisha imun belakusia etzim shalei is his essence. It's impossible that he will deny godliness. In other words, that line that we've been saying, this is the way it is, and there is no other way. Okay, I'm sorry for keeping you so late. We'll go, yeah, we'll go Davin. Okay, officially there is Tachnun today.